Hello. Hello. Industry. Industry. Hello and welcome back to the podcast Industry Tactics. My name is Friendly Rich, your loyal host. Hope you're enjoying these discussions. And uh, today on the podcast, we've got the songstress and composer, Laura Barrett. She's passionate about everything that she does, including education, community building, really beautiful conversation. Hope you enjoy it now. This is my talk with the wonderful Laura Barrett. Enjoy. forget that I'm recording. We're here with Laura Barrett. Barrett. <laughs> Barrett and Capit, right? The cap and trade system. Um, I don't know about that. Welcome to Industry <laughs> Tactics. Laura Barrett. Yeah? Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> now, talking earlier... This will be interesting. We'll have to navigate it. You said you enjoy a good chat. I do. I, I enjoy a good chat. I talk a lot I'm oh. in many different settings. I'll, I'll be the one talking a lot, so it doesn't take much. Me too. And it was really interesting when you said you, that you've always thought you, you're going to do a podcast at some point. You thought of it, right? You said, I'm going to do a podcast at some point and use it as an exercise of how to control your talking. I see you right now trying to control your talking, aren't you? <laughs> Did I catch you? Maybe. Yeah, you maybe might a be. little. Yeah, me yeah. too. Me too. And it's really... So let's just try to read the script. Have no... <laughs> as two talkers getting together here, let's try not to overlap each other, okay? Give each other time to breathe. Oh, shit. <laughs> Another thing I can't do is gaps. So oh, no gaps. No gaps, but no overlaps. No and, gaps, no overlaps. And breathing and good breathing in between. So we'll get this. We'll get this. Timing. Industry tactics. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. Delighted to have you on the podcast. This is great. It's okay. been a long while since I've seen you, heard I think, you. I think the last time was at the Rose Theater. Ew. Was it? Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Memory Lane, my hometown, Brampton, Ontario. Why did we do that? I, that was your idea. That okay. was your thing. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that. I don't know why you're sorry. It was a fun. It was fun. Yeah. I don't know. Uh... And what did you do? 
uh, what did I do? I played, did I play solo? I think mm-hmm. I played a variety of kalimba and piano pieces. In... What is the kalimba for those of our, of our kids at home not in the industry? For the uninitiated, yeah. because it's such a big industry instrument. Uh, it's not necessarily sort of an indie rock standard. It's a Pan-African folk instrument made of wood. Small, imagine uh, twice the size of a Game Boy. Can I oh, use brand names here? Very good, very good. Um, it's like a large tablet, but okay. three-dimensional. It's a wooden box with a sound hole and then a series of metal tines or flattened pieces of metal with a suspended edge. And hmm. they're of varying lengths. You you pluck them with your thumb or your fingers, and by depressing them and letting go, it springs and makes a, a pleasing tone. <laughs> oh, that was an amazing uh, walkthrough. I'm glad I asked. <laughs> what is a kalimba? That's what a kalimba is. That's what a kalimba is. Now, you have a kalimba in this in, in your home here. I have many. Oh. Do you want me to? I could grab one. In I... VR, after look up the VR teaser, we'll ask Laura Barrett nicely if she'll play one of the kalimba. Okay? Hopefully Sweet. that happens later. I hate to do Uh, this right now because we had this talk about uh, talking and I normally pronounce my name Barrett. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's what I just said. I thought you said Barrett. Isn't that what I said? (laughs) Uh, You said more of an R and I pronounce it more like an air. Okay. But Uh, I, yeah, no, it's just a pronunciation thing. We know know you and we love you. Okay. Um, So, okay, great. So we're going to hear the kalimba later. As part of a VR teaser. You see there, I brought my VR camera there, that little Rico Theta. That's really Burn exciting. Like oh, you. Cat. Okay, I'm okay. pumped for that. Yeah, yeah it's going to be fun. So we'll get into that after as a special bonus. Um, but you, you once told me a story about how, I mean, it would be really fascinating maybe to start with how the heck you came to that kalimba and, mm. and music. Um, well,. It's become one of these stories that I don't even know very well myself anymore because Mm. I told it a few times and then I wasn't sure whether that was my first time playing a kalimba or not. Um, Mm. I'm pretty sure I would have played one as a kid um, because my uncle traveled a lot to Kenya and other African countries and I think he had a kalimba or two at home. And I, so I, I might have played one at my cousin's house, mm. but in modern adult life, mm-hmm. I was actually looking for digital instruments. I was looking for a portable instrument of some sort that was digital that I could write pieces on and have with me. This was before iPhones. It was in the, I don't even know, 2000 and three i want to say was that before iphones Whoa. i don't know <laughs> but the time before the, yeah. the current era of technology Be- between game boys and iphones <laughs> between game boys and iphones i was looking for a personal musical device of some sort and on mm. ebay mm. this is not the most exciting story because i really no, no. just found something on ebay okay. and bid on it successfully and it was mm-hmm. delivered to my house and I explored it as one would something that they found just lying around because it wasn't 
it wasn't taught to me. I wasn't instructed formally in any traditional African melodies or folk tunes. So it was just me exploring it. I had my own kind of Western classical training um, to go by. And the thing about the kalimba as an instrument is it forces your hands to do something different. You're not, mm. the lowest note pitch wise is in the middle of the instrument, not on the left or the right. So you radiate outward on the instrument and you radiate upward in pitch and you alternate left and right. So as I played it, I mean, the, the melodies that came to me were just fundamentally different from wow. piano. And yeah. um, I just explored it and I kind of fused what I knew on a technical, again, kind of Western uh, theory, Western music theory elements, and then fused it with what the instrument provided naturally. And, uh, and then I built up my collection of kalimbas, but I, wow. I just, uh, just experimented with it. Yeah. I, yeah, I kind of associate you with that. And I wonder if others do too with like, I, I came, kind of came to you as like, you know, Whoa, wow, Laura, let, let's put her on this program. It was always a really interesting thing to just be like, and now for something completely different, I've just spilled Are a bunch okay? of water. Yeah, Are I'm fine. Okay? Are you okay? okay I don't yeah, as long as it wasn't the wine, we're good, right? <laughs> There's yeah, no we, wine. <laughs> we are good. Right? Just water and wine. Just water. Good. So, okay, so, but, I mean, when did you, so when when would that have been when you would have eBayed your first? Uh, well, I made my debut yeah. in 2005. Okay. In August at The Bagel, a wow. now defunct, non-existent venue in Toronto. But yeah. I think it's a post office now. Um, right on. Culture. Yeah, I played at a Weird Al tribute night. Incredible. So, so that was fun. I found out about it on a message board. My friend encouraged me to participate. I didn't know anybody in the scene mm -hmm. except that one friend. And um, Nice. I played a cover of Smells Like Nirvana, which already is a Whoa. parody of Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yeah, fun. Many levels. And yeah. uh, I think... People really dug the texture of the kalimba because it kind of sounds like a vibraphone. It's mm -hmm. like a portable vibraphone. And then my voice, mm -hmm. I was developing a way of singing that that uh, fit with the kalimba mm -hmm. because there, the kalimba has a voice. I've got my voice, and then I, I morphed them together, and um, yeah, and then just got a little bit more attention from some interesting indie musicians and. Uh, wrote original music from then on because it was a themed night uh, there were songs about robots and you could write a song or you could cover a song a pre-existing mm -hmm. song uh, but I ended up writing my own song uh, called Robot Ponies and that was enjoyed by people in the audience and I just was buoyed by that so I wrote um, more songs <laughs> Interesting. Can we um, can we cut now to the robot ponies? Let's cut to robot ponies. There's one instance of profanity. Watch right. out! Oh, great, great. So this is okay. Here we here it comes now. The robot ponies.
stereoscopic here she, she gave you forewarning of that f word <laughs> let, let let you never be warned may you never be warned again but very kind thank you for that well 
no problem. I mean, uh, some people are more concerned about it than others. I think the the profanity makes that part of the song work. Yeah. And especially, I know my singing voice is gentle and delicate, and so it's funny to mm. have a swear come out. <laughs> it's right funny, on. right? Right on. Uh, but just in case there were children listening to that last yeah. part, yeah. Why not? Why not are, let them know? Are you? Um, I don't know. Is that a thing? Like, do you, you're not swearing a lot in your music, then, or or does it? Is it's not important? I don't swear in my right. music, other than that, because yeah. It just doesn't, for me, that's a filler syllable, probably. Um, I don't use a lot of syllables in my more recent songs. It's yeah. funny, I've noticed that um, the songs I've been writing recently have fewer words, and so I need those words to have a lot of impact. Mm. And if if there's profanity in it, that means that you know 1% of the song is profanity and what mm -hmm. is its purpose if it mm -hmm. has a really good purpose and in robot ponies it had it had a purpose to kind of come out of nowhere and be be emphatic but i i think my songs i want them to be listened to by mm. hopefully a lot of different people people mm. who might not even agree with my politics or my uh yeah they might not agree with my politics mm -hmm, but mm -hmm if I can get through in kind of a sleeper way and just have this really universal language of, of, I don't know. Um, I don't want to say generic, but, mm -hmm. but concepts that are more broad and then you realize, Oh, this could apply more specifically or, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Words that have meaning unlike that ramble <laughs> no 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 I, I'm, I'm that's awesome that's awesome but i i've been thinking a lot a lot about that too uh in, in not not necessarily in uh even in music making but more in like you're addressing a crowd did you did you did you use that f word to try to gain respect because you're not comfortable in your own skin i'll do that admittedly mm -hmm. and someone called me on it like maybe a uh, half a year ago and I went, it really gave me a good look of, of like, yeah, maybe uh, I won't do that. You know, maybe I'll just, yeah. It's always an effort for me to be comfortable. It's hard. It's, it's just hard with strangers, yeah. right? How yeah. do you, before you've talked to everyone in that audience or you know what they're all about mm -hmm. or you think you know, you can't really know anything about what'll be effective so i guess for me i want to pick the most this is also a teaching thing because yeah, yeah i went through training to be a teacher in a very specific ontario curriculum ontario certified teacher way oh yeah like an noisy kind of schmoisy i went to oisey schmoisy schmoisy noisy yeah uh, yeah and, and yeah yeah and you just want to be able to reach as many people as possible. So I guess language in that way, um, you can't use really specific vocabulary either. I mm -hmm. mean, I would never, and I've been called out for using words that not a lot of people know. Just because I have, I have a vocabulary that contains words that yep. are specialized, and these days it's, I'm thinking, well, why, when I use those words, I always have this feeling in the back of my head. Oh, I know this word. 
this word's a show-off word. Why am I using that oh, word? Right. Why am Give I? Give an example. Give an example of a good show-off oh. word. Let's think of one. Uh, Who called you out on that? Someone called you out on that? Oh, people called me out on it. I, I appreciate being called yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the word, this is kind of funny. This yeah. is fitting to be called out on this word. But I used the word pedantic. Okay. And I was being a pedant in using the word pedantic because the person I was talking to didn't know what that word meant. Okay. I mean, I would say pedantic isn't that obscure word what yeah um, yeah no it's a good one though it's a good one it's a good one it, any word that makes people feel they're smaller or they're they don't know as much as you that's Whoa. not necessarily a good word to use but on the mm. other hand the teacher part of me wants to use yeah specific correct words and be nuanced so for me and that's a that's a lyric writing thing and yeah. a talking thing i i hear you totally it's it's everything it's how do you communicate with people yep what are you trying to say and yep. what's your persona yeah me on stage i feel you know it's it's kind of no different than that same discomfort if i'm making a presentation where i'll drop an f-bomb to gain respect mm. or something like or gain trust not gain respect look at that look at that weirdo respect. swearing on stage. <laughs> but it's like Hey, I've got a rebellious tinge, and I've seen others do it. And yeah. It's like, oh man, he or she is trying to be just like one of us. Look how hip yeah. I am. There's nothing hip about me. It, Don't swear. It works though for various. It works. It works for a lot of reasons, and it works for different. Um, I mean, it works in comedy. Uh, yeah. And it works in different ways because sometimes the swearing is really purposely out of place and okay. and there's a laugh there or i guess it's the persona swearing's just a funny one yeah and, because also an audience of adults and an audience of children or an audience that has children and adults yeah, yeah. these days i just i make yeah. that distinction and i want to be explaining to kids hey you know what mm -hmm. swearing use it later use it when you know what it's all about or i use it um if you're in pain because studies have shown that if you swear, if you stub your toe or something, yeah. or you hammer yourself, <laughs> yeah. when you swear, you feel better. There it's it been demonstrated there in a go. scientific study. So you're totally justified that. in swearing if you if you hurt yourself. Are you learning this at home, <laughs> tech, young tacticians? Yeah. Okay, now that we know when to swear and when to keep it clar, <laughs> let, where, where did you grow up? Where did you grow up? Uh, great we're question. Right back. We're, we're rewinding. Laura Barrett, the early years. <laughs> I grew up in Toronto. I grew well, up all, all around Toronto. Yeah, I'm one of those people Whoa. who actually grew up here. Um, grew up in a lot of different neighborhoods. Um, my mom and I uh, mm. moved around a lot. Yeah. Um, I've lived in uh, sort of the West End Junction Triangle area before anything existed there before i think when it was wow. dry it was still technically wow. a dry part of the city there were there were no bars there was nothing on dupont or or dundas mm. i lived up at st Clair and oakwood for a few years a few different places um i have a new song that hasn't been released yet that is about it's called where i'm from i've yeah. got lots of new music oh. i rich just made an expression that was very exciting yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I, I'm from Toronto. Wow. Uh, and your so, mom w was, you told me a story once that was so exciting when we were playing a show 
It had something to do with your mom and libraries. Am I off on that? She didn't work in a library. I don't know what that story might have been. That's not... Storytelling? Uh, she, uh, she used to... Okay. Uh, <laughs> there was something there. There's something there. She used to be... When I was maybe nine or ten, she was in a small puppeteer, like... Uh, company, yeah, puppet yeah, troupe. The one. They toured, and she was variously um, some human characters, but also part of a cat or a lion. Yeah. It was a two-person puppet. Wow. Uh, I forgot the name of that puppet troupe, but yeah, she did. She did a lot of theater and music, um, m- musical theater, and but mainly theater. She was in plays. Wow. She, um, I was always around a bunch of her theater friends and art artist friends uh right on yeah so that kind of gave me the go-ahead to do what i do i guess you know I've yeah i always yeah. had that around <laughs> i knew that that was somewhat viable or at least done yeah by adults <laughs> yeah was she a big inspiration growing up totally yeah. totally yeah. and yeah. also just Very cool. opened up you know she she's the kind of person who says yeah do what makes you happy do do it that's great so nice right on and um and you were you were classically trained in music i took piano lessons up until um almost the end of high school i did a silly thing though i yeah i took piano up until grade nine so i have my grade nine royal conservatory certificate Uh um did not continue when i had all that momentum stopped taking piano lessons in like 1998 and then I started again last year. So oh, with wow. the same teacher, I no. went back to my old teacher from the nineties. How, how cool is so, that? Who? What's the name of the teacher? She. Her name is Anita Beatty. She's great. Everyone. You need go a Beatty. <laughs> Anita. Anita Beatty. Okay. You need a Beatty. But yeah. I. Uh, wow. I got one. So. That is cool. She's she's great. So you reconnected after like what a decade away? Almost or? twenty years. Wow. Yeah. And uh, what was that like? It's great. She's huh. she's wonderful. She's really she gets me to because I've been playing piano since yeah. then, but I just I haven't I I have my chops sort of sort yeah. of. Um I'm not really that trained anymore in memorizing long pieces yeah. from different eras, but I'm getting yeah. back into it. Right and on. good uh, exercise, eh? It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. She yeah. just she asks me now that I'm an adult, she can kind of ask emotionally where are you in this piece what do you hear in this piece what's going on where Mm. what's it doing for you and she allows me to pick sort of an interpretation of of what it could be which is really great and it really frees me i I no longer think of classical music as being uh, so rigid Mm -hmm. um yeah she's wonderful i mean i haven't i was taking lessons every two weeks at the start of back in september September or yeah. October, yeah. and then I've kind of fallen off in recent months because uh, it's it's expensive to go yeah. to piano lessons. Yeah. So, uh, but I will go back. What a beautiful thing, though! I'm just like I'm really fascinated by this. The going, uh, you know, the going back, the different perspective, like the going back to the same teacher and and what she can offer you two decades later and your perspective on all that music and that. So are you going great? Are, are you just going, are you trying for 
Royal Conservatory grade the 10. next grade. Yeah, grade I want to get yeah. my grade 10 and then I want to okay. go for it and get my ARCT. Yeah, ARCT stands for you young tacticians at home. The artist, I, actually, I don't know. Repertoire, I should know this. I don't. Okay. I just, it's an acronym. Probably, probably certificate might be in certificate there. Certificate. Training. Certified. Yeah, certified. You're, you're certified. <laughs> Let's make up our own. You're certified. It's the, uh, the abstract. Absolutely crucial. Uh, ridiculous. Oh, wait. Absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. ridiculous, crucial test. <laughs> yeah, test. Crucial taught, like uh, taught in test. Wayne's world. <laughs> oh, boy. Crucial oh, boy. <laughs> Wasn't it crucial taught? <laughs> you got me. You got me. Um, that's really cool and noble and, and great. And so who are some of the composers that blow your mind these days? Oh, that's that's a good question to ask. I don't have the best answers. Um, mm-hmm. Still, um, well, Amy Beach, I didn't know her back in the 90s. I didn't know that she even existed. There were so few female yeah. composers in the, in the canon. There you go. Um I don't know that name, Amy, Amy Beach. Amy Beach, Canadian? American. American. Pretty sure. Okay. I've only heard a few of her pieces, but right on. one of them is um, the Thrush at. Oh, I'm going to embarrass myself. Okay. Yeah, I haven't memorized the titles even, but it's a beautiful piano piece. Mm. It's like Thrush at Dawn, or um, I should. I have it printed out mm-hmm. right in that piano bench. I'm going to okay, find it. Okay, here she goes. She's walking over the piano bench. <laughs> and this is why, young kids at home, you get the longer XLR cable so that you can maneuver like this. Yeah. Imagine if you will. And it doesn't ruin the podcast. A piano She's going bench. into the Royal Conservatory piano bench. But it's not in there. It's not in there. Oh, it's a A hermit out. thrush at Eve. A hermit thrush at Eve. Beautiful. There and this go. is Beach. First Amy, name, Beach. Amy Beach. Yeah. And it's just a lovely. Mm. I don't want to do it the injustice of um, playing it on my out of tune piano. Okay. But um, it's really lovely. And wow. it has bird songs written oh. into it. You know, Are on we the into piano. birds, Laura Barrett? I'm Are into, we into birds. birds. Into birds. Yeah. Veda Hilly does a great job of incorporating bird song into her piano pieces as well. She's a great. Isn't she? I would consider her one of the greats. Yeah, I'm going right to go on. ahead and That's say great. that. That's yeah. great. A shout out to Veda Hilly. Have you interviewed her yet? No, oh. no, no, no. Next time she comes to Toronto yeah. or I go there, that would be a nice idea. I think she might. I mean, she's always working classy, on... Classy, she is. Cool. She's classy. Yeah. She's so talented, yeah. so accomplished, and so lovely. Such a wonderful person. Mm. So, um... She's really into the bird music. Well, she incorporated some bird songs into one of her albums, at, at, at least. Uh, Yukon Ho has some bird bird song in it and just really cool textures all all piano mm-hmm. um and that's that's inspiring to me solo piano and voice stuff that's along the lines of what i'm doing these days oh yeah yeah, yeah. i've so i've moved away from i would say i've moved away from the kalimba because okay. i want more octaves i want more dynamics Ooh, i want yeah. more force and power uh, i want to be able to sing with an instrument that's really uh, bombastic at times, you know? And I'm You really... were doing pedal work with, right? Oh. Were you not doing Taurus pedal work? Sort of, yeah. I had yeah. Uh, I had a set, I still do. Yeah. Um, I have a set of, an octave of pedals like yeah. you would find underneath the organ. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I was pairing that, that with Kalimba. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. That was awesome. I, I haven't paired it with piano because mm. with the piano i've got three You've pedals got already yeah. i've got yeah. like my sustain and all that but um oh, i want to get into that because so you've been doing 
And you've also been doing a lot of work uh, scoring film. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. what's that been like, and how did you gravitate towards that world of of, of ob- It's obvious, but I mean, why it's beautiful. But um, how did you kind of navigate towards that? That's a good question too. Lots of great questions. I might have asked four there. I yeah. apologize. What was uh, the first one I asked? I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, such a misuse of the word. You can swear. You know what? I didn't even stub my toe on that one, but piss. Okay. Dang it. Shoot. We're popping peas on this podcast. Lots of pop peas. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. So apologetic. So apologetic. Apologetic. Yes. Uh, There's a way of saying a piece. Exactly. Exactly. Very soft. Your peas. It's more like a bop. You have to put a silent S in front of its bop. Well done. <laughs> kind of spot. Bob. Anyway, uh, film We're, scoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you get, how did you, what led you there? I know you did, uh, you you were, uh, what is the award, what is the, um, the program? I'm, I want to think it's through, um, hold on now. Big family. Slate. Yes. The Slate <laughs> ding, family. Ding, ding. What was it? It, it, it was a, it's a, is it a year thing at the Canadian Film Center? Yeah, it's a, a year or not. I mean, technically a year because you have a new class or a new group coming in. Okay. But it's nine months of, of full on work. Um, it's, had a, yeah, I had done some work before the slate residency with um the national parks project and mm. before that i hadn't really i'd done some live scoring of films what was the national parks project that was a really amazing thing that i got to do um thir- what's the quick answer there yeah. 13 Groups each with one director and three musicians from all over Canada. Um, so 39 musicians, 13 filmmakers, 13 national parks across Canada's provinces and territories Whoa. were in a, a park for a week and the director was making their film. The musicians were working together to make music for it. And there was also a, a, a simultaneous documentary making of tv episode but that was a different team and that was more reality tv style like oh now it's raining and they've okay, got okay. to make music okay. in oh, the hotel okay. or whatever so that wasn't the real deal was no it? The, okay. so that was the ancillary kind of thing and then yeah you had the the film wow. the short film so i worked with uh peter lynch who i later collaborated with again and i scored um his feature length film which is coming out this year um what's that called it's called Birdland. Oh, um, a definite theme here. And birds. I, I go, do like go, birds. Go. I don't great. necessarily incorporate their calls into my music, but I, I love that idea. Yeah. Um, and so you connected with Peter through that project? Um, or you had known We had connected even before that with okay, um, cool. Very cool. City Sonic, which was a short documentary series about lots of Toronto artists and their favorite places in the city. Right. And that back then... Huh. Um, not back then. I mean, it was only a few years ago, yeah. but I, uh, that one was at the AGO cause I talked about having seen the rheostatics play at the AGO when I was like 14. Um, and that was my first rock show. So, um, there you it go. all comes kind of fur- full circle and 
Yeah, just I've worked with a lot of people wow. who just they're on the same wavelength. The musicians I was with on the yeah. National Parks Project were amazing. They were Mark Hamilton, Wood Pigeon, oh, wow. and okay. Rolly Pemberton, Cadence Weapon. And the three of us called each other, wow. called ourselves Radius Claws, but like, rar, like claws, but also talking about the Radius Claws that musicians right. have right. to abide by Good. when they play festivals. So We know the Radius Claws, right? All of us. Tacticians. Tacticians, yeah. <laughs> It's that silly thing that says that if you play in Burlington on the 18th, you better not play in Oakville on the 19th. Or or if you play on in Brampton for the Brampton Indie Arts Festival, would I have had you sign a radius clause back then? I think probably you did. Great, great. Yeah. The claws. The, <laughs> the claw claws hammer. were in. Yeah, good, good. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. So what was it like collaborating with them? How did you go about that project? What did you bring to the park? Were you camping? We were. We didn't camp. Um Although we slept one night in a teepee, yeah. um, but it was raining so heavily that we actually spent a lot of time in a, in, well, it was a fancy and old storied hotel, the the Prince Albert Hotel on um, Glacier Lake uh, in Waterton Lakes, Alberta. Okay. Uh, or wow. no, it would have been Waterton Lake. Um, hmm. I might be getting mixed up a bit, but... Uh, it was amazing because I, I had known and been friends with Mark and Rolly before, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we'd never collaborated together. So, wow. uh, Mark, Power trio. it was amazing. It was so much fun. I would who, work who with put them those guys together. Like who, who put this power trio together? It was a combination of the producers and our own desire to work together. Yeah, great, fantastic. Great. Um, yeah, yeah, love it. And you can go at those. Those films are all online for free to see. National Parks Project. Let's listen to a, a, an excerpt now. Beautiful. Let's do. Uh, what, what, can, can you? What is this? Uh, we're going to we listen. Why don't we listen to the humble fawn? Which oh, she's got a, t- a title ready to yeah. go. Laura Barrett. <laughs> Here comes now the humble fawn. So oh. 
So you approached that tune, that was the humble fawn, you approached that tune like you brought your kalimba up there and that was, is that how you started that collaboration or did you have other instruments with the other gadgets, toys? I uh, think I only had kalimbas with wow, me. Wow. Mark had a guitar, cool. Rolly had a chaos pad and a few other doohickeys, um, hmm. but mainly the chaos pad was really key for him. Are, do you consider yourself a good collaborator? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, done it a lot. Who else with? Like, what are some notable collaborations over the years? Well, that soundtrack that I talked about with uh, for Peter Lynch's film, that's a total uh, collab. It's like a the recent one? Yeah. yeah. Jose Contreras from oh, right on. By Divine Right. Yes. He and I have collaborated before. We wrote the score to Porch Stories, which was a movie that oh, we yeah. were also in. Yeah. So, right, yeah. right on. Um, and then I... I didn't write music in The Adorables or The Hidden Cameras, but mm -hmm. I uh, played in those bands for a long time. And definitely when you're in a band, you're collaborating to a large extent on what the band is, what it what it feels like and what it looks like and how it acts. Mm. Um, but then collaborations, I've uh, sung on more or less's songs. Mm -hmm. um, I, um, what else? I came up with a melodic part for Inside a Mind. Oh, you yeah. had them at the at the Indie Arts Festival. Love them. Um, they're amazing. They're they're geniuses. Yeah, yeah. I collaborated with them. Cheldon's been on the podcast. Oh, excellent! Yeah. He's great. Is he yeah. is he teaching? He's teaching yeah. at that school. He is, yeah, he is. He is. This is the thing. I think that I just have such a um, simpatico. Mm. I'm so simpatico with teachers because. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anybody who's been in teaching and, and stays with it for a bit and knows yeah. that they're good at it or yeah. that they, they feel a resonance with it, it's like, you're my people. I, I yeah. really appreciate anybody who gets into teaching because mm -hmm. we're, we're trying to commune with other brains. We're not just in our own heads all the time. We're, we're saying, okay, how can I bring someone else in? Yeah. And give them the tools you right know? if you take it back to that question about collaboration i actually think that teaching and education has a has a place in all that and community building and, and i you know the old adage um those who can't is it those who can't teach the, oh, no, yeah those I who can up. do those who can't oh, teach and it's a terrible it's, <clears throat> that's horseshit piece right? of crap saying <laughs> those who love, because i've always said and and i'll i'll die saying it is that like I think it's all of the above. I think you get into education to share your love, at least on my end, is to share your love of of how you think it, it should go and, 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 and your love of music or yeah. whatever you're trying to get across with others, right? Yeah. And, and, and make connections that way and just build community that way. So I don't think it's like something you do along the way. I think, it, well, actually, it is something that you do along the way for, you know, for long periods of time. And I, I just think, like I really admire um, Murray Schaefer because he's always made time for um, composing and being creative in music and, 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 and building communities like large scale communities through music, but also education and how those two kind of 
I don't know, just intersect, right? It's huge. It's if you, I just, the bottom falls out if you're not teaching people and whatever, whatever medium it is. But I think arts, education, mm. especially so because we all have this, well, we don't all, but there's this vision of the arts that people either have it or they don't, or it's some kind of innate, you're, you're born creative or not and it's like I, well I, you know yeah. everyone has creative spirit yeah. everyone has a drive to to make or alter or or somehow just do something that's them and i think i don't know i mean i'm gonna get all mm-hmm. rhapsodic about teaching but it I, and I'm not just a music teacher. I teach math and literacy, and I really oh, wow. I love all of it. I love I love to teach. But the other saying, now I'm really off topic, but the other saying is something about if you want to do something, mm. uh, to do something, uh, to master something, teach it, right? It, it's oh, three oh. stages. I, I should look that proverb oh, yeah, up. Yeah, but Let's I put mean, that in the VR, the, the, the okay, proper okay, saying. Okay, we'll put that in VR. Go for the proper saying in VR. <laughs> Those who can should. Yeah. I mean, it's true, though, I think, when you get into that. like Because how do you look at music or anything, or math, anything that you're teaching, yeah, or that you're doing, teaching it and getting it across as cleanly as you can and just and learning something about you through sharing it with others is yes. super huge. It's I could talk big. about this podcast in the same way, right? I mean, I'm constantly learning selfishly through the sharing and and great dialogues that we're having, right? I mean, you know what I mean? That's like good. I'm picking up these <laughs> Like yeah, choose your words wisely. Any of these great, you know, like mm-hmm. don't don't swear, kids. <laughs> yeah. But any any of the any of the things that were, I don't know. It's it's just a great thing to kind of dialogue around any topic. Yeah, and I don't I, know. I, I it's cool. It's cool to me the uh, the idea of of giving back. So where, how do you do that? You mentioned that you you've you've done a bit of teaching through Dixon Hall just recently, like last uh, from from March break. But... Yeah, yeah. I really have a lot of piecemeal teaching jobs. I okay. tutor, I work at Girls Rock Camp in the summers. Right on. Um, yeah, this was a new opportunity, the uh, Dixon Hall March Break Music Camp, which was amazing, so mm. immersive. Mm. I've taught private piano lessons. I've taught, uh, I've been an instructor at a game design camp, which was amazing. Wow. Wow. Brand new, not just video game, but outdoor games and had a remix tag, for instance, or another oh game that oh my God. kids can just play and playing is learning right learning is playing with the ideas that you already had and then adding new ones that's brilliant um, you had you have i'm stuck on how to remix tag well uh, how do you remix, how to remix tag there's like so duck, many duck, different goose. ways yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. break duck, duck goose right yes or um, or you add a, a mystery element or a treasure or yeah. uh, timing or you make it turn based somehow or you know yeah. you can yeah because when you play when you turn anything into a game mm. not only do you have to know first of all you need to know a specific a certain amount to be able to remix mm-hmm. you still need to know the rules of tag or whatever it is mm. but then when you come up with something new you're basically shaping you're digging out a new area where that could go and that's, that's brilliant that's yeah. where you learn that's the creativity that's the there's a structure there's there's so much happening there yeah. right that's it, brilliant it yeah. blows my mind right on 
Yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm not necessarily getting rich teaching, that's yep. for sure. Yeah, but it's, it's, no, <laughs> it's just and, not a very lucrative understood, profession. And, but it's part of what you do. And yeah. I think, I think it's really important. And I really love the fact that you make time for that in your practice, in how you hmm. are aging as an artist, right? And that's important to me, right? Um, so, so how are you? I want to talk I'm about aged. that. How are you aging as an artist? Aging I mean, as an artist. I mean, you've been doing it for... for 10, 12 years, something like that, I guess. Well, 20 years, according to your uh, your blip with yeah. uh, Miss... Um, Beattie. I need a Beattie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, I hope she hears this Anita, somehow. Anita Beattie. A shout out to Anita Beattie. Great. Yeah. That's a beautiful journey you got going there. Keep it up, Anita. You're doing great work here. Can I tell you yeah. the, the way we found her yeah how did you find her initially or maybe i shouldn't tell no you know what no yeah no no you can't Don't tell then no you can't tell me that please <laughs> no. <laughs> no not a good story tell it we'll edit it out if it's not okay. working it's gonna work um well i was out to dinner um 20 years ago like 30 years like when you first met her okay, okay. <laughs> or like 30, 25 okay. years ago yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah. and uh um, I had gone through a couple of different piano teachers and yeah. I didn't, uh, hadn't connected with somebody I liked. How yeah. long are we're we, good. where are we at? We're, we're good. I just wanted to make sure we're still recording. I, I, yeah, I wasn't, um, uh, so it didn't click with a couple. Wasn't satisfied yeah. with the other teachers. Yeah. Uh, I had one piano teacher who would press her fingers into my hand and just make me feel oh, uncomfortable. It was terrible. Um, and I was out to dinner with uh, both of my parents. Okay. And we were talking about this, and our server um, overheard us talking oh. about it. She handed uh, my parents uh, her card. Random. And she went to Eastman, which is one of yeah. the most you know well-respected music schools in yep. the states. Yeah. Um, wow. And then. So you call. You randomly based on a on a on a waitress waiters. Yeah, yeah. Come, who does she just that? Overheard us Not talking to mention, about piano. Why are you listening to this family's <laughs> yeah. conversation? Like, I love that, it. A lot happened there in that in that. Wow. So we have a. Hmm. I mean, think of that. That is a a beautiful. We're keeping it's that story pretty, in if you don't mind. It's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. Thank you to the waiter at Swiss Chalet. <laughs> Shout out. You saved her life. Yeah, it was really it was cool and then to to reconnect with her last year yeah that was special too because i feel like she hasn't aged and she now has she has an almost grown well she has a kid in university and um and another kid yeah was she cool was she just delighted to see you back and it was it was wild it was just i mean it's really beautiful to me that story of reuniting with your you know i've always looked for my uh my old guitar teacher, Frank Sutmari, if you're listening. If you're listening. I can't find you, Frank. I can't find you. I look for him. Wait. Oh. I'd, I'd have he's a, not on the internet. I'd have a lunch with him or something. But yeah, I can't find him for the life of me. Mm. He just went away. Do you think he retired? Do you think he's the kind I, of person who He might who have gone back. Retired? He actually was getting married and he might have gone back to Hungary. He was a Hungarian. Okay. But what a beautiful influence. I yeah. mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, teachers. Yeah. I think that's teachers. what we're getting to. That is what getting we're getting at. at. Yeah. That is what we're getting at. So how do you yeah. want to grow with this thing? How do you where do you want to go with your music? That's a beautiful, difficult question. Mm-hmm. I mean, I um 
I have a lot of songs. I would say right now, because I've been obsessively cataloging a bunch of songs, what their progress is, how how complete they are. Um, mm. I would say I have 15 to 16, 14 to 16 yeah. complete songs, which is great because that's an album. That's yeah. an album. Yeah. And then I have another 20 incomplete or just not fit for public consumption songs. They're, wow. they're, they're either more like chants or mm. they're not what I would consider full songs. Mm. And I'm technically, I mean, I'm still in communication with Paper Bag who put mm. out, Paper Bag Records put out my first, album and my ep so they're excited um and they're excited by the the stripped down piano Mm. voice thing Mm. um which that's what i'm doing i'm doing kind of a classically influenced returning to my roots there but working in weirder structures and it's kind of very cool bridging a lot of worlds there but um i just it's it's all on me i mean i want to put this music out but yeah. I'm not sure. Is it you said that you have got 14 to 16 written, done songs, some of which to be I recorded soon or live? Yeah, okay. I just okay. haven't recorded them yet. Very so cool. Very it's cool. about getting the money and time okay. together to record. Um, but it shouldn't you, be too you expensive. And you, you and know, a piano, right? It's me and a piano, yeah. maybe some yeah. strings. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, and not much treatment on the voice or anything. I just because I've performed this stuff live and I really mm-hmm. like just keeping it simple. Um, and luckily I have a label who wants to do that as well. So uh, things are all set up for me. It's more just me being, uh, I am spending a lot more time teaching than, than making music and, and performing these days, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of you know, sort of wandering back and forth between two worlds that I, both of which I really love. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good for me. Um, Oh, I want two two questions. So, yeah. how, what did the residency teach you? Oh, the CFC yeah. residency um, taught me a lot. Uh, taught me a lot about communication, mm. um, and the fact that when you're a film composer, it's a completely different thing than making your album. Your album for yourself, the album that you yeah. you make, and it's you wrap it up in a bow, and it's you, and it's yeah. your. Th- gift to the world when you're composing for a film not to say that it's not you it's still you but you're serving somebody else's vision and you um part of that is really freeing because the constraints that that places on your art force you to make certain decisions that you might otherwise and especially i might otherwise hem and hawn and infinitely Mm -hmm. delay because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't like making certain decisions, but when you've got somebody saying, well, here I need this mood or yeah. here, I need it to be less, um, this, yeah, <laughs> I need it yeah, to have yeah. more uh, texture or warmth or something. Yeah, um, yeah. so it kind of, it's good for the craft and it's good for the collaborative. Yeah. I was going to say it's very, spirit. <laughs> it's the collaborations in the foreground there, right? Totally. So you are a great collaborator if you're working those kind of, I mean, you're definitely working on it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you're definitely providing that service for lack of better language to, think, to the project. Yeah. Right. I think it's, it's just a different, but it's also then a totally different, uh, when you look, when you zoom out, you see that 
music and this is no strike against anybody or anything it's just music comes at the end of the budget and at the end of the schedule yeah. on people's films like the mm-hmm. film pre-production the production and then you're in post and then the money's gone and the yeah. time's gone oh, wait a minute shit we forgot to... we, we need this now yeah and that, that's just the way it works because a bit they... of a pecking order there eh? yes yeah. Yeah. yeah which again you know that's um and of course there are superstar composers who right. probably don't deal with it in the same way and they um but i'm nowhere near that and i don't know if i ever will be because i'm not 100 percent dedicated to being a film composer so it's like if you're not then why why would somebody choose you over that person over there who's yeah you know, who's going yeah. to school for film composition who's right. doing all the workshops i did a residency and i'm really um happy to have that experience i learned a lot met really great people mm-hmm. but you don't i'm not out there scoring every tv show yeah you know i'm not out yeah. there hustling and writing things on spec yeah so you have to write things on spec which for all you tacticians out there means for free you yeah, write good, a sample good, good. that's code for <laughs> that means for free, free work yeah spec and... is latin for uh speculative yes yeah. it must be yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um i like speculative okay. fiction but i don't like speculative <laughs> money <laughs> so yeah 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 uh, and that's not i mean i, I guess film composer is not your I, I I mean it's 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 a part of it's part of me the yeah. world of, of Laura Barrett right yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not my, I I wouldn't say I'm out there saying um, look at me I'm the best thing to happen to film composing since Hans Zimmer like that's yeah yeah not uh... isn't that an interesting thing though in a way like the 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 the, the I'm not gonna say branding of yourself because that sounds sleazy and weird but it's true in a lot of ways like it's the Oh, this person can do this, this, and this. No, I, I, I think in this day and age, it's mm-hmm. like you want to kind of—I don't know—that's a part of what you do, but it's not the only thing that you yeah. do. In other words, like even even the Laura Barrett Thumb Piano or mm-hmm. Kalimbic uh, Association is a little bit strange, right? Like, yeah, for sure the the piano, piano, the piano, the piano. forte, right? Yeah, yeah, the piano forte, and yeah. I mean yeah. also. There was always a part of me that thought, well, why am I getting a lot of recognition for playing kalimba when there's so many folk instrumentalists who are playing it in a traditional sense and like they're playing from hundreds, if not thousands of years of experience. And then, um, Mm, you know, there's something happening there to do with um, a lot of things, you know, and uh, yeah. And it's not fair to say, oh, oh, that girl there, like she's mastered it. No, 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 no. Like I have not mastered it. I experimented yeah. with an instrument um, and it would have been the same for me if I had experimented with the banjo or the cello yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. But I think that the novelty of somebody playing an instrument that a lot of people in the mainstream or indie music community were yeah. familiar with and then it got a lot of um, traction mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. Whereas piano, if I'd come out maybe with just piano from the get-go, I wouldn't be on this uh, prestigious podcast. So yeah. something to think about. Yeah, it is. It is, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> I love that, though. I love that. No, I really do. I love that idea. I, I mean, I love that idea of just 
pushing that and going, no, like this is this is what I do, right? Yeah. So now you're in this. Yeah. Well, it's just a different and phase it's not of a... your artistic, right? A development. I don't know. Yeah. Or you, it's always been there, actually. It's, it's. I'm not saying it's a. Yeah. You know, but it's cool that you're. It's a total you're in this... fad. The piano. Well, no, it's fun for <laughs> it's me gonna... <laughs> to, to think. I don't know, like to to think that. I guess we are. We're all going through these different stages of like. Actually, my wife always asks me, "When will you go back to?" harp clarinet like a 15 piece like harp clarinet uh harpsichord like when, we, when will you get stupid again you know and i go like i don't, I don't know i'm more feeling like power trio these days or yeah right yeah. like it's just we're that's you don't the have way to we do any one thing right yeah totally totally but I that... know, it's fun it's fun i love that idea of like oh it's also like the the um the idea of like why can't you grow that super long, crazy beard yeah. that you had when you were nuts? Or why don't you play, um, like, Hotel California anymore or whatever? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's... State of mind, right? It's a state of mind. Yeah. So... I don't know why Hotel California, Yeah, I don't but... know about Hotel California, but no, I got uh, you 100%, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a state of mind. So not to say that you'd ever... You're going to play Kalimba in VR in a moment. I oh, mean, yeah. I, I mean, guess shit, I will. Right? I guess I will. Or maybe not. Or maybe you'll play... I've got an out-of-tune um... piano, so I don't want okay, anyone okay. hearing it. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Oh, and for that reason alone, okay, you <laughs> Getting pukes. it tuned tomorrow. Okay. Getting it tuned tomorrow. Um, yeah. Darn it. But I would like to play piano. I mean, I could... The people who can't stand out-of-tune piano would be... Yeah, I love. They would get sick. They okay. would get sick if they right. heard it, right? Okay. <laughs> In VR, it would be like like doubly. Sick, it would be right? overwhelming, yeah. disorienting. Although maybe with the mute. Yeah. Maybe with the damper. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> okay. I, 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 either, either. I'd be up either for cool. playing some damper. Oh, bass fun. piano. We can open it up. Show all the hammers. Yeah. Oh, I want. I, I just okay. want to see all that. Right. In A VR. virtual tour. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that. Okay. Um. All right. Well, are you feeling okay? You feel you feel thrilled about this or, or about uh, this about the, the podcast? podcast? You, yeah. You're okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, what else do you have to share with us? I had like I I always like to ask a good question of like, what one of your most memorable um, performances or worst performance <laughs> even might might be? Um. Anything come to mind? Memorable would have been um, any one of the gigs that I played opening up for the Magnetic Fields. That was pretty much career high for me in terms wow. of like yeah. their audiences and uh, just getting to meet them, not really hang out with them too much, but mm -hmm. enough and feeling totally like colleagues, not peers, but colleagues. And Beautiful. They were in the same world and playing the home show playing at at the queen elizabeth theater in toronto mm. the most beautiful sound i've ever experienced and mm. um i was in a quartet i had uh, a banjo glockenspiel player i had a flautist singer and i had a violinist with me and it was just like this is great this is i love just putting things together and they work and whoever i've got i kind of i'll make it work texturally and it's yeah. just gonna it's gonna pop and um, right on. It was beautiful, beautiful. Um, and then in terms of bad gigs, any gig I play <laughs> at a loud bar, yeah, uh, yeah. 
where it's just obvious that the opposite of what you just described yeah, yeah. Right? you're like where the textures don't work textures don't work the sound just, system is yeah, garbage yeah and, yeah and yeah. people just aren't respectful and i think why am i here what well, am i doing <laughs> let's go back to the beauty though the were you super nervous how did how were you feeling on stage for that gig was that uh how'd you feel going into that i was pretty i was nervous um it's good to get nervous right yeah yeah. I think probably by the third or fourth song, I wasn't that nervous. And I mean, I'd already been playing a few shows with them. So yeah. I, was, I was comfortable with that. I was comfortable with playing for American audiences, which I hadn't done uh, really that much before mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. a solo artist. Um, and just feeling really, really accomplished. Um, and that's the thing. I mean, I when you say how I'm aging into my career... I feel like I'm I'm just feeling it out still and mm. I I don't have maybe this is a bad thing to admit but I don't have any expectations. I might have goals like put out an album this year. I yeah. want to put out an album this year. Okay. I have a lot of music. Okay. I want to get it out so that I can make room for other things to trickle out and mm-hmm. uh I want to I mean when you leave I'm going to I'm going to sing some more. I need to sing every day. I want to practice more. Right on. Um, I Beautiful. want to get my, my grade 10 piano conservatory Beautiful. certificate, you know. But as an artist, I think, well, I've already done a lot of things that I'm really proud of. And if people want to come to me and, and collaborate, mm. um, I'm excited that they would think of me. I'm not handing out my business card everywhere I go. I'm just not. That's not. Cool. The person I am. So, if this podcast makes anyone interested, uh, you isn't know, that isn't that exciting? Come that visit my website. <laughs> about, what's your website, LauraBarrett? Oh, she pulled a little net trick on LauraBarrett.com is a, an American psychologist. Yeah, um, don't go there. She's had the domain longer. Okay, so. .net. Wow, yeah. interesting little tactic. You didn't go go .ca. I used to have the .ca. She had it. I'll get it again. She had what we in the industry call <laughs> properties. All oh, these are all properties. Yeah. Now she's rocking the .net. So Laura Barrett, dot two net. R's, two T's. You got dot it. .net. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, wow, I liked where you're at there with the uh, not giving out your business card stage of your life, right? Like, um, just not. <laughs> no, totally. For whatever, I mean, I'm that could it. screw yeah. me in the long run. It probably is. It's ah I'm man, missing out on a lot of opportunities from people who are like. I need some more business cards, and I want to get in touch that with hustler those. at yeah. that yeah function. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, no, no, no. I don't think that's how you get the gig. I think you get the gig through. Are you 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 feel like you're building like a a musical family with all of these friends that you grow older with? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, I think both of us have. You've been in this business longer than I have, and. Um, it's all the people in your ecosystem, mm-hmm. you know, and not all of them stay in music, but a lot of them stay in the know or they stay in the world of they're not necessarily I don't know. It's um, it's an ecosystem of mm-hmm. people that they are all ready to help if you need the help, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with that, but. Well, I you know. Just I think people. that's beautiful. It's that people that you know that you rely on, that you've built a trust with, that you 
don't have to swear in front of to gain their trust. You know, yeah. people that or the people that you do swear in front of because you're comfortable. Nobody's right? yeah. nobody else is there. Yeah. <laughs> nobody's <laughs> recording it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 you can't you can't dial that in, right? Yeah. That's got to be. I think I think you got to grow that, right? Mm-hmm. You got to and and foster it, right? So that's huge. I think that's huge. Yeah, and that's the thing: the artificiality of. Um, your new best friend or the person yeah. who's gonna uh, pump your brand or yeah, I yeah. just don't really have time for that because why why what a, that's artificial and um, and it wouldn't represent me anyway uh, anybody I get I bet you get some spam messages on yeah. various outlets sure. and it's um, I heard your music send me a message and yeah. this person has yeah. given me no indication that they've actually heard my music. They're just right. telling me I'm supposed to believe them. Oh, you heard my music? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. What is, you know? Yeah. But you yeah. have this label that you've been, that's, that's been, that's had your back for all these years. And totally. that's really cool to me. Like, and, they, and they're interested in, and you're going to collaborate yes. for this future project. Yeah. So how cool is that? Well, and I, I, I neglected to mention that mm-hmm. soundtrack that I co-wrote with uh, Jose, yeah. which I'm so proud of. I mean, right I didn't even talk about it. It's, it's all ambient, um, synthy, loopy stuff. It's, um, I just kind of, a lot of it is improvised and oh, then, wow layered and jose is an amazing brilliant uh producer mm-hmm. he wrote music and he also did the majority of the the mixing and the editing of mm-hmm. of the music and mm-hmm. deciding when when a song would end or when it w- should keep going that is gonna wow. hopefully be put out by paperback on vinyl on a oh, special great, limited great. edition final so that's magical i mean these things that happen or have happened I'm just the the thing is I feel like well I'm very lucky I'm very fortunate to have these opportunities mm-hmm. and I'm uh, I but I'm not aiming for world domination I'm not really aiming to be a household name um, I don't know why that mm. is but I'm just I just kind of want my music to be out there and if people are this is not the right thing to say when you have a record label but I just if people are interested, they'll they'll find it. <laughs> yeah, My yeah. record label will. <laughs> and sidebar, so many units moving. So by that, what Laura meant is translated. She's moving units. I'm moving stads units. of units. This okay, limited edition, one hundred <laughs> copies of a vinyl record. You'll be able to purchase them this year right on well i'm happy for i'm happy to hear that you're you're doing that with them and this new recording I, I, I wish you all the best yeah thank you i i'm excited about it yeah um can we can we can we end on on a little bit of that soundtrack a, a little Probably. safe to um, share a wee bit or? a wee wee bit maybe like 30 seconds here it comes okay so we love you Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this. Oh, I'm. I feel great to be a part of this. This has been so nice. It's so, so comfortable. I like these microphones too. The treat's been all ours. <laughs> We've been re- recording it in stereo through these two little Be- Barringer Barringer uh, microphones. Laura Barrett. <laughs> dot net. Um, thank you. Here it comes now. A thirty-second excerpt from an upcoming soundtrack. Bird Land. Thank you.
Was that not amazing? Thank you, Laura. Beautiful music and a beautiful conversation it was. Uh, I appreciate you making the time for the podcast. And uh, it was great to sit down and learn more about, about your work and how you approach it. So, so thanks again. And thank you, gentle listeners. If you're interested uh, in learning more or uh, communicating with the podcast, tweet us at Industry Tactics. And we'll see you here again two weeks Monday with our next special guest. Uh, it's been a real treat keeping this thing going with you. So uh, thanks for listening. Bye for now.